ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Ladies, welcome to the No Higher Calling podcast. Simeon, my husband, is with me today. Thanks for joining me once again, babe. He tends to show up from time to time, but there are some topics that we're just such a unified team on, and I really feel like it helps give you a better perspective of what we're sharing to really just hear kind of, if you want to hear my heart on some topics, you have to hear his heart too, because they're just so kind of intermingled into different topics. So today we're going to just jump right into... Kind of a difficult topic, a controversial topic, a topic that brings some strong opinions and emotions, um, depending on either really either side that you land on where you uh, feel about this issue. But we are going to talk about Halloween and what we have come to believe about our level of participation in Halloween as a family. Um, and as we just strive to be a Christ-like family and to be um, a family that is conforming into the image of Christ, where we feel like um, our participation in this holiday falls in that goal for our family. Um, So we have a lot of scripture we're going to share with you guys today, Um, kind of some personal journeys of how we grew up, where we had to come as a couple and work through this issue, um, and then where we stand now as a couple with little kids that we're trying to raise and trying to train. Um, so I'm just going to say at the beginning, I like I said, I know this can be a touchy topic. I don't want to come across at all judgmental in how we um, how we talk about this or how we say where we have landed in our own beliefs and for our family. Um, it's not an eternal issue. I don't think... You're not going to go to heaven if you do celebrate Halloween. You're not going to go to heaven if you don't celebrate Halloween. Um, But I do feel like it is a very serious issue, one that we as Christians as a whole have kind of glossed over and made a very light thing. And I don't think that it is a light thing at all. Um, I think that it is something that as a follower of Christ, it needs to be something that we really think through. And that's what we're, that's what our goal for this episode is. We're not trying to tell you, Hey, you need to do everything like our family. I, I feel like I've said that over and over again on this podcast. As I share my personal journey, our personal journey as a family, I'm not trying to tell you, Hey, cross all your T's and dot all your I's like the Brussels because God has a different journey and a different life and family life for all of us. But um, I do want to challenge you all to think through this issue. Um, Again, wherever you fall on it, if you don't celebrate Halloween, it's good to know, hey, these are scripture verses. Why? And to have a defense for that. Um, Because I'm sure you'll probably have to to defend that position. We have. Um, if it's something that you're kind of like, ah, I'm on the fence, well, hopefully um, this deep dive into Scripture today will really help you pray through that um, with your husband and as a family. What does God have for your family? And if you are on this spectrum where you think Halloween is fine and you have no problem participating with that, I hope this episode is just a challenge to you um, to maybe revisit this and to think through it maybe from a different perspective than you've thought through it. You know, our world is ever-changing, and Simeon and I talk about this a lot. The spirit of our world is not what it used to be where you could have debates and you could hear out 
another person's stance on something. And and not again that you have to accept it, but you could hear somebody out, weigh what they say, compare it with scripture, and then say, okay, well, I don't agree with any of that. I'm going to leave it. Or maybe I agree with a part of that and I want to apply that to my life. Or maybe I agree with all of it and we want to make a huge change. That doesn't tend to be the spirit these days. We all kind of have our own strong opinions. I think it's some of the American nature. You know, we stand strong in how we feel. And, you know, I'm on this side, you're on that side, and nothing you say is going to get me to cross sides. Um, but I just want to challenge you to just really have an open heart as we approach this is- this issue and really to pray through it. There's been several episodes, usually the one Simeon joins me on, that we say, hey, maybe grab your husband and have him listen in on this. Because some of these things aren't choices that really should be made by one spouse. They really should be made as a united team, especially things that influence on how you raise your children and um, just stands that you take, uh, different standards that you have in your family. That is something that um, should be made together. Lord willing, you have a husband who follows the Lord that you can do that with. Um, if you don't, if you have a husband who is not following the Lord or who maybe who isn't even saved, um, you know, just I challenge you to follow Christ and do the best you can as a wife and a mom who's trying to take that stand for Christ within your home. Um, But we're just going to jump right into it. I'm assuming from what little I've shared already, you can assume that we don't celebrate Halloween. And that's correct. We do not. Um, We don't celebrate it in any way, shape, or form. Actually, you'll hear throughout this episode, we kind of fall on some very strong opinions and convictions on not participating in this holiday at all. Um, But just a little personal background of how we got to where we are now. So growing up, um, my family did not celebrate Halloween. I remember, I think I was five, and that's the only really Halloween memory I have as a kid. We went to a Hallelujah night at a church. <laughs> so it wasn't, you know, it was one of those, and we're going to talk about this, but it was the church's excuse to keep the kids separated from Halloween. So we just kind of had like a lighthearted Halloween at this church. And yeah, we called it Hallelujah Night. And I went as a Barbie bride and my three-year-old brother was the cutest clown you've ever seen. But that's really my only Halloween memory that I have because it was after that year that the Lord really worked in my parents' heart about some of the things that we're going to share and was like, look, as, as a Christian family with the goals and values that we have set in our hearts for raising our kids, Halloween has no place in our home. Um, so we grew up with that. We, um, you know, we, we didn't participate. We didn't even, uh, participate in trick or treating. So we didn't go out and we also didn't give candy to kids who were going out. So that's just kind of how I grew up. It's funny, Simeon and I were talking today. So I'm the oldest of four and, Um, my one brother, Clay, he passed away, but when he got out into adulthood, my sister's into adulthood now, and my brother's, he's a freshman in high school, Um, but he has the same stance. All four of us don't agree on everything, but the one thing that we have all kind of left the house with and justice to come is our stance on Halloween, that we just, we, we don't participate in it at all. So that's where I was coming from um, when I married Simeon once we started to have kids and the Halloween thing came up. It was just something that it wasn't a question. We just didn't participate in that. But Simeon's um, kind of path to where we are was a little bit different. So I grew up um, in, I guess, what you would consider a pretty traditional, typical Christian American home. Um, and we did celebrate Halloween. We didn't do... Um, 
we did trick-or-treating when I was real young. We didn't do that later. Um, my mom would just kind of give us a Halloween bucket full of candy. Um, so, so we didn't do the dressing up and all that kind of stuff, but we weren't necessarily opposed to it either. Um, and I think growing up that way, I saw Halloween as not that big of a deal. Um, so when we got married, I wasn't really big on the idea of going out trick or treating or anything, but I did think, you know, that once we had kids that we would do the whole, uh, Halloween basket thing, kind of like I grew up doing. And we have since decided against that. So we'll, we'll get into some of that. Yeah. And there again, not at all that my family was more spiritual than Simeon's because they did Halloween and we did it. And I, that's, that's not the point. That's not at all what we thought. It's just, again, everybody is different. Everybody has a different upbringing, different influences, different, you know, different just patterns of life. Um, but that was something that when we came together as a married couple, and especially as we started having kids, um, it was something that we had to work through because we kind of stood on different planes with that. So I started sharing with him all of my reasons why I thought it wasn't a good idea. And for a while, he shared a lot of his reasons why he thought, I don't really think it's as big of a deal as you're making it out to be. Um, so we kind of juggled with that for a little while. I mean, our oldest was a baby. We didn't have to make a decision that holiday, but it was something that in holidays to come, years to come, that we were going to have to deal with. Where did we stand on this issue? Um, so we really just kind of prayed through it, um, really just spent some time talking through it, doing some research, which led me to last year at Halloween. Um, that's when No Higher Calling was only a blog, but I posted a blog post called Standing for Light While Surrounded by Darkness. Honestly, it kind of just bubbled out of heart of frustration where I at this point, Simeon and I were on board together. We did not feel like as a Christian family, Halloween should have any place in our home. Um, and I was frustrated with having to defend my position, um, not to lost people, but to saved people. And, um, you know, I, I just, I don't remember. And maybe again, cause we didn't participate in Halloween as a kid, but I don't remember it being such a big deal like it is now. I mean, now you can barely get into the fall season when it's everywhere in your face, in the restaurants, on the TV, you know, in the stores, our neighbors just, it's, it's, dripping off their and their it's walls no longer, it's no longer just the, the goofy green witches and stuff that were around when i was a kid i mean it's like yeah horror masks and yeah it's not just little jack-o'-lanterns when you go into into the restaurant it's zombies with blood dripping off of them and witches brewing cauldrons and dark stuff that i'm like Sometimes I'm like, can we even leave our house in the month of October? Because it's just, it's everywhere and it's in your face. And it's something that now as we have an almost five-year-old and a three-year-old that we're really having to battle with. Um, so I'm going to share with you, just, we're going to walk, we're going to walk our way through this blog post. Um, I'll link it in the show notes. If you want to go and have a reference, maybe your husband can't listen to this, but you can shoot him an email with this link. Um, as you kind of just think through, it has all the scripture that we're going to share, almost all the scripture that we're going to share. I think we've added a few extra ones. Um, but we just, we want to share our heart on this and really why we feel that it is so important. Because I know in the Halloween debate, so many people say, well, we don't really participate in Halloween. We just, we just trick or treat. We just dress up in the cute fun stuff. You know, we avoid all the witches and, you know, ghosts and all of that. We just, we just have fun. It's just candy. It's just fun. Um, 
I don't think that's the case. And I want to show you from scripture why I don't think in any aspect of our lives that we can dabble with something that Satan has a foothold in and then say, oh, well, I'm just going to do it to this degree. And we'll come to that. But I want to start with sharing Romans 12, 9, which says, abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. So I share in the blog post this mental picture that I came up with, with those two words, abhor and cleave. So according to Webster's 1828 dictionary, abhor means to hate extremely or with contempt, to to loathe, detest, or abominate. Those are some really strong words. God says to abhor that which was evil. I feel like this is a terrible example as I'm rereading this blog post. But I said on there, I hate beats. So I do. I I abhor them. And, and I, I wish I would have came up with a better example of something that I should abhor. But I do. I have this terrible memory of eating beets for the first time as a kid. And I just threw up all over my plate. It was the worst thing I've ever had in my mouth. But <laughs> I detest beads. I I love them. I don't, they could be removed from the planet and I would be happy. Like I abhor them. So that's just a little mental picture of abhor. Maybe you're thinking of something, maybe it's food, maybe it's something more spiritual, but that you abhor. But just that strong desire against that. I want no part of that. And then God contrasts that with the word cleave. Cleave, um, it's defined as being uniting or being united closely in interest or affection to adhere with strong attachment. So when I thought about this word cleave, I almost pictured myself like in the sea. So I've been overboard and I'm drowning and I see a piece of driftwood float by and I cleave to that piece of driftwood because I know the only thing that is going to save me is if I can stay afloat and not drown under the ocean's waves. And that's, that's the picture that I get as I think about these words, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, cling to it like your life depends on it. Well, that's how we feel about Halloween. We literally abhor it. Um, it makes me sick to my stomach to drive around and see some of the scenes. And, you know, like we said earlier, it's not, some people have the fun stuff, but the amount of homes that are just covered in darkness and evil and witchcraft is just really staggering to me. And it does, it makes me sick to see that. Um, You know, just to see evil so blatantly shoved in our faces. But on the flip side, when I think about this word cleave, I want to cleave to the Lord like my life literally depended on it because He is my life. I'm nothing outside of Him. And, you know, I want to be so in love with the Lord that I just want to glorify Him in every aspect of my life. What I see, what I hear, what I participate in. I just, I want to glorify Him in all of it. When Saul sinned against the Lord, and he did not do what Samuel had told him the Lord wanted him to do, Samuel's reply to him was that rebellion was as the sin of witchcraft. And that was what had caught, that's what caused Saul to lose his kingdom and uh, ultimately lose the blessing of the Lord on his life. Let me ask you then a question. If witchcraft isn't that big a deal, why would Samuel use it as the comparison for how bad of a sin that Saul had committed? It is a big deal. And, you know, it, we we act, sometimes we've dumbed things down to the point that they're acceptable. 
Um, and I think, you know, part of that is, is Disney's fault. Part of that's other, other things fault, but we've dumbed down witchcraft to the point where it's acceptable. Good magic, bad magic. There's no such thing. There's just bad, bad magic. Well, nowhere in the Bible is witchcraft presented in any type of a good light. It's always evil and bad. And if you, if you had the opportunity, like I have to speak with, um, missionaries and people who have been in the in third world in dark places where Satan really has a foothold and hear the things they talk about, this stuff would not be so light anymore. I have a good missionary, uh, a friend who's significantly older than I am, um, who, who came from the third world, and he talks a lot about the evil eye, which is the eye that's in the center of a person's forehead. You see that a lot around Halloween. But that particular symbol literally means, you know, that someone is possessed by a devil and that they have special power. And you'll see that in the third world. And that is a real thing. And it's not something to be taken lightly. But we, in part of our problem in America is in in really around the world now um, with Halloween is that we've taken so many of these things and we've dummied them down and we've made them fun and cute. Um, But they are not fun, nor are they cute. Well, and I think we've desensitized ourselves, you know. um, I mean, watch horror movies from 50 years ago. They're not the horror movies that are out today. But with each generation, you know, you get comfortable with this. But then the next generation, it takes it a step further. And as the generations continue to move further and further away from God and righteousness— that it's it's hard to blur that line because of the desensitization. And I feel like that is something that we really struggle with in in the States or even in the more developed world is just we have so much media. We have so many things at our fingertips um, from ads to billboards to movies to commercials so much that has just desensitized us to where you know, maybe a long time ago we would have thought, oh, this is evil. But now it's just, it's part of October. This is part of what's on the TV. Um, just my kids the other day, we had, we were at a hotel and we had the TV on and this little Mickey Mouse cartoon came on and it was this graveyard and ghosts were floating everywhere. And this witch rises up from behind the tombstone and starts chanting a spell. Now I turned it off as soon as I could get the power button to work. Um, But I saw that and I thought, that was on Disney Junior. Like, this is what little kids are seeing. And no wonder we're so desensitized because this is being put in front of our little, little ones. Um, But I think we just, we have to be careful um, to filter what we allow in our home. I know Simeon joined me. I I refer to this episode so often on our gatekeeper episode. And, you know, your way of gatekeeping your home is not going to be our way of gatekeeping our home. But for us, just back to that idea of cleaving, we we love the Lord, and and out of that has grown our standards. We don't have standards and convictions because this is what our church says or because, you know, this is how we were raised. Our standards and conviction grow out of God's Word first and foremost. We want Scripture to back everything, every stand that we take in our home, but beyond that, I love the Lord so much. You know, I had a friend share last Halloween, and and I'll share her quote every October from now on because I love what she said. She said, why would I want to celebrate the darkness that God has saved me from? And I think that is so powerful because it's true. 
in Jesus Christ, we find life, we find freedom, we find renewal, we find hope. In Satan, we find death, destruction, evil, bondage. Um, and, and that's what is associated so much with Halloween. You know, John three nineteen says, men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. There is so much darkness surrounding this holiday. And I know a lot of people give the excuse, well, if you're going to throw out Halloween because of its origin, then you're going to have to throw out Christmas and Easter too, because they all have pagan roots. I understand that argument. And we've had, we have friends that have said, hey, we don't do the Easter bunny. We don't dye eggs because it's connected with pagan stuff. And if that's where God leads you, by all means, follow the Lord's leading for your family. My issue, and I feel like the difference between the holidays, between Halloween and between Christmas and Easter, is that it is obvious that Halloween is rooted in evil and in darkness. Whereas Christmas and Easter aren't. There is a religious side to those holidays. So I'm not going to go into all the origins of Halloween. You can look that up. The internet is just riddled with that. You can you can find if you want to look that up. Um, and they don't try to hide it either because that's what the holiday is about. No, no. And, you know, I've, I've read testimony from former Wiccans who have just talked about how when they were in the Wiccan church, how they delighted in the fact that so many, not just people, but so many Christians accepted this holiday and acted like it wasn't a big deal because them, they, to them, they knew it was a big deal. They knew what was going on in these Satan cults and these Satan worshipers. And they knew the glory that Satan received from this holiday. And they just delighted that Christians were blind enough to just tote along with it. I found this quote by Anton LaVey, who is the founder of the Church of Satan, who also wrote the Satanic Bible. And he himself declared that by dressing up, either by wearing a costume or by coloring oneself in celebration of Halloween, signified that you allowed Satan to own you. He further said that when you adopt the pagan practices, you subconsciously dedicate yourself to the devil. He took joy in Christians who partake in the tradition, saying, this was his quote, I am glad that Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night of the year. Welcome to Halloween. That's hard stuff to read. And I don't think any of us as Christian parents sit and think, oh, we're going to go worship Satan tonight. You know, God gets 364 days, but this day we're going to go to Satan. I don't think any of you would think that. But I, I do think it is a call, not from a believer, but from a Satan worshiper that we need to wake up and we need to be serious about looking at this holiday in, in a biblical light. We need to compare it with Scripture. Well, I just saw, I saw last year a um, survey that said that more children reported that their favorite holiday was Halloween than reported that their favorite holiday was Christmas. And that's a big deal. Um, My dad works for Walmart. He's uh, distribution. So he like does long haul tractor trailer anyway. So he said that Walmart released this year that Halloween has almost topped Christmas in revenue that they get from the holiday. It's bizarre. And the only explanation for that is John 3:19 that men love darkness rather than light and those two holidays are diametrically opposed. If you know Christmas is is about the light of the world coming into the world that that's what it's about. Now, you know, obviously the world tries to turn that into something else, um but that is the day that we have chosen as Christians to celebrate the birth of Christ. 
Um, and I get the arguments that Christmas happens in the summer and all that and this kind of stuff. I, I, I get it all that. But we have decided to celebrate it in December. In October, the world around us and many Christians have decided to celebrate a, a holiday of darkness. And I think that has an impact not just on the world around us, but on the homes that our children are growing up in, especially in our Christian homes. When we go to church and we talk about light being greater than darkness on a regular basis, but then in our own home in October, we celebrate darkness. And that just doesn't make any sense to me. And my personal opinion, again, take it or leave it. My personal opinion is that you cannot participate in Halloween on any level and separate the evil from what you might coin as the lighthearted fun. And you might be able to, but your kids can't. Well, I'm thinking, okay, so you're not going to dress up as a witch. You're going to dress up as a princess. You have to walk down that aisle at the store to find the princess costume. But in walking, I mean, you've been down the aisles. You can't pass. You can't get to the princess costume without passing skeletons and zombies and grim reach grim reapers and cauldrons and you know what are what are we exposing our kids to? I don't know if your kids are as curious as mine, but mine don't miss much, you know. And, and they want to know what is a jack o' lantern? Why do people have them on their porch? You know why why does it have a face in it? And you know, that's stuff that we've had to think through. And as we've researched and found out the origin of so many of these things, we realize we, we don't want these in our home. We don't want these influencing our kids at all. Unless you um, unless you think and you've been hearing all of this and you still think, you know, it's really not that big of a deal. Listen to this. This is what John has to say about having the right spirit. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And if I stopped there, that would be bad enough. But John does not stop there. He says, and this is that spirit of Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. What is that saying? It's not, it's talking about attitudes, but it's talking about literal spirits as well. And that is, <laughs> I mean, that's basically what Halloween is about, is a celebration of evil spirits. And if you participate in that, is what you're participating in of God? That's the question. Does it confess that Jesus Christ is born in the flesh? Um, no. No part of Halloween confesses that Jesus Christ is born in the flesh. And if you are participating in it, and, and I was for years, um, and again, we're not we're not trying to judge you, and I don't pass, you know, if you post on social media that you celebrate Halloween, I'm not thinking less of you as a person. You, you know, maybe you just haven't come to the understanding that I have about this, but if you are participating in it, I want to confront you with the scripture. And that first John, I think, is as clear as it comes. You're not just doing something that is not of God. It literally says that thou, those things which are not of God are of the spirit of Antichrist. Well, again, if I just had to give a blanket statement on why we do not celebrate Halloween, it's because we want to glorify God in every aspect of our home. And we don't feel like any part of participating in Halloween would bring God glory. Therefore, it has no part in our home. Um, 
And, you know, so, so where does that land? Do you just, do you not yourself participate? Um, do you not give out candy? You know, some people are like, well, it's just such a wonderful witnessing opportunity. You know, there's no other night in the year where my neighbors come to me and I can have a chance to give them the gospel. I have several things to say about that. The first one is, um, I would challenge you if, if it's such a huge gospel opportunity, I would challenge all of us, if that is our concern, how concerned are we with gospel opportunities the other 364 days a year? Um, I've heard some people give that and be like, I will celebrate Halloween so that I can have an opportunity to reach out in my neighborhood. Um, but are we reaching out in our neighborhood every other day? And that's that's convicting because I don't speak to my neighbors as I should. But if that's your argument, I think you need to really look deeper at your heart here. Um, and, you know, I... <laughs> Any day we can walk up to our neighbors and and share Christ with them. We can share Christ with anybody. I don't know why we feel like we have to isolate it to this one day that, oh, they're coming to me. Is it for convenience sake? Is it so that we don't have to leave our homes because they come to our door? And since um, when were the lost, uh, were, were the lost ever commanded to f- go to us? We were commanded to go to the lost. And, you know, I, again, I mentioned this briefly at the beginning, but in this whole thing of, oh, well, we, we, we just have fun. We just do the lighthearted side. I, I don't think, I don't think that's a valid argument. I am afraid that in so many areas of our life that we have just, again, we've been, we've become desensitized. We don't see things for how they are. You know, Simeon talked about um, the spiritual domination that Satan has in some of these third world countries. And don't think for a moment that it is any less in Western culture and in America just looks differently. It does. It's just presented in a different way because our culture is different. And there's but, also there's also some truth to the potency of the word of God. In yes, area. yes, and we for have sure. More churches and more Christians, and so Satan is kept back by a remnant for sure. Right. And he's had to use different methods with with our part of the world than he is able to use in other parts of the world. In other parts of the world, he can keep them scared. In our parts of the world. He uses other methods in order to get control of people. I just think if we could peel back the curtain and see the spiritual warfare that is happening all around us, we'd be terrified to see the demonic power that is at work. Um, you know, I was, I was talking to my dad about this today, and, um, you know, I told him, I was like, I, I am strong enough in my convictions on this that I'm willing to stand before the Lord and realize that I was wrong, that Halloween wasn't as big of a deal as I think it is. You know, but I said, I'm not. I, I, I Again, I stand strong enough that I don't want to stand before the Lord and realize it was a much bigger deal than I made it out to be. And I caved because I wanted my kids to have fun or I didn't want them to miss out or I just didn't think it was that big of a deal or, well, that's how I grew up. And, you know, I have fun memories. And I think that's another excuse that people use is like, well, I don't want my kids to miss out. You know, all their friends are going out and getting candy and they have to stay home and, you know, go to bed. Really shame on us as parents if that's our excuse why do they have to have a miserable evening? Is the only way that you can have fun by dressing up and getting candy? Because if so, we're having pretty miserable years because it only happens once a year. Man, you know, again, our kids are little, but Simeon and I have talked about one day they might be the minority. They might be the kids who aren't going out and doing what everybody else is doing. But we just need to 
make it fun. Make make home fun or whatever we decide to do. Hey, we're going to have pizza in a game night or we're going to go and, you know, do something fun. Um, which this kind of leads into another thing which we have strong opinions on again. So just pray through how you feel about it. But we don't feel like the church has any part in partaking of, of Halloween. Um, I know a lot of churches, a lot of good churches, a lot of churches that we love and love people in those churches have, you know, the trunk or treats or like I said, the Halloween nights are substitutes for Halloween to give the kids the fun, but to try to protect them from maybe the intensity of it. But personally, you know, I, I just, I don't feel like I don't feel like the church has any part in that. Um, first of all, if, if it's just to be a replacement for the world's activities, I don't know why we as Christians feel like we need to imitate the world to keep our kids out of the world. I'm fine. If the church wants to do an activity to give your kids something to do, go for it. But why does it have to be honestly a cheap imitation of what the world has to offer? Yeah. And, you know, I, I it hurts my heart to see Christians, even churches, having this influence on young people trying to make a little more light out of a deep darkness. The church has had a bad habit of doing this in multiple ways. We do this in music. We do this in presentation. We do this in our videography. We do it in all kinds of different ways where we take what the world is doing and we Christianize it, um, which never works out. You can't mix light and darkness the world has nothing to do with jesus and well, jesus first john 1 5 says god is light and in him is no darkness at all yeah so the two things can't mix i'm not saying that you know it's bad to do videography i'm just saying that we we have a bad habit of trying to make the church as attractive to the world as as possible when that's not what we were asked to do we were asked to lift up christ and allow him to draw men unto him so if we're doing that properly we shouldn't have any part in this particular holiday, especially in as the church or in the church building or um, at the meeting of the church. If we're going to do that um, or just try to get your kids, if the goal is to get the kids to where they're away from the worldly influence of Halloween, have a church activity for teenagers. Do a lock in overnight so that they're not out, you know, whatever you want to do, but don't make it a scary theme. Don't make it a candy thing. Just well, do something fun. I don't it's really totally know. Different. I don't know of any churches that do like a scary thing. Most of the ones that I've seen, it's dress up and candy. It's just the fun, yeah. the lighthearted even side. The, even the dress up is yeah. directly associated with Halloween. Well, and I, <laughs> it confuses me. Like, okay, well, hold on. So I believe that Halloween is a holiday of evil and darkness, but yet the church is wanting to kind of copy that. To protect our kid, like it, it's just confusing. What exactly are we trying to accomplish here? So if it confuses me as an adult believer who has been saved for a long time, how confusing is it for our kids? And and I said it earlier. I don't think that there's anything that that Satan gets glory from that we can just dabble in and be safe. You know, if if we're presenting this confusing, wishy-washy stand, you know, are our kids understanding that there's a difference? I don't know if they are. And I think that's a dangerous place to be. And, you know, I'm Simeon and I take it a step further. I don't even really feel like it's the church's place to try to provide an outlet for for parents. Um 
Honestly, I would like to see churches discipling their families, having their families grow in the faith enough that the church doesn't have to babysit kids because they're afraid that they're going to be involved in in evil activities. Um, I would like to see churches who are seeing these families grow in their relationship with Christ, who these parents realize it is my responsibility to be the gatekeeper of my home. And part of that might land them out where we have landed with Halloween. But I, I know that's a strong stance and maybe your church celebrates Halloween. There again, we're not trying to tell you what to do. We're just trying to tell you as we've studied scripture, this is where God has brought our heart. And it's just heartbreaking to see believers who proclaim that they love Christ, who proclaim that they have been transformed by Christ, being so passive about something that is so anti-Christ, so in opposition to the Lord. In Romans 12, Paul is uh, beseeching these believers. He's imploring them. He's entreating them with urgency. What is he beseeching them about? He's saying, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's washing our minds in scripture. And that's our challenge. Just as we've presented scripture here, let it wash your mind. Let it transform you. And friend, don't be conformed to this world in any shape of what that looks like. God, God is holy and righteous, and let's let's love what He loves. Let's cleave to Him. Let's abhor those things that are evil. I want to end with this verse here. Isaiah 5.20 says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You know, in the Bible, every time it says woe, that is a strong warning. It's saying, hey, flag, beware. And that's what Isaiah is here. He's saying, beware, beware unto them who call evil good and good evil. I I see that a lot with Halloween that put darkness for light and light for darkness. We're, we're blurring these lines as, as believers. We are crossing things that should not be crossed, and we're making it confusing for our kids. You do have to replace it. And I think what a lot of Christians have tried to do is replace Halloween with a cheaper version or a lighter version of something that's dark. So they replace something that's black with something that's gray. And... That, in scripturally speaking, is just it's just not effective. When you replace something in your life, something that's bad, you're supposed to replace it with something that's good. You look at First Corinthians chapter six and verse number twenty. It says, "For ye are bought with a price. Bought from what? Bought from sin." Okay. Here's the replacement. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So, you were part of a family before you got saved. You were part of a family, whether you realized it or not. You were part of the family of the devil. And when you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, He redeemed you out of that family and brought you into His own family. He replaced that darkness with light. So if we are going to replace the darkness that is Halloween with something, it needs to be replaced with something good, not something gray. And that, you know, like we said, that where you land on that with your family is between you and your family. I follow this lady on Instagram who was talking about the Halloween thing, and she said they don't participate in it. She said a few years ago, they were actually traveling internationally over Halloween, and it's become their tradition now. They take an international trip, and they just kind of skip the holiday in America. Now, we can't afford that. I'm assuming the majority of people can't afford to just take an international <laughs> trip every Halloween. Um, but, you know, that's what worked for her family. But again, for us, you know, we're 
we we love game nights. We love pizza and movie. Um, I'm not saying that you can't have fun. You all, oh, you know, we have to be transformed and not be conformed to the world. It's just so tough being a Christian in this world. We don't it get to do anything. It ought to be a joy to serve Christ. Yeah. I mean, when you think about all that Christ has done for us, it is such a trivial thing to give up a holiday that gives him zero glory. I mean, in all honesty, think about it. God died for me is is saying, okay, well, I'm just not going to participate in something that is shrouded in evil and darkness. Things that are, as we established, are in complete contrast to all that we find in Christ. Is that too much for me to give up? Absolutely not. That is nothing for me to give up. And again, maybe we'll meet in heaven and you'll be like, hey, you were wrong on that. And okay, maybe I'll be wrong. I don't think that if I am wrong, that, you know, I, I'll be judged or punished for trying to be Christ-like and trying to pursue God, God's will for my family. So I'm willing to stake it. But I, Simeon and I, as we've studied scripture, I don't believe we're wrong. I believe that in the pursuit of having a family that is, I've talked about on this episode before, being infused with Christ, having Christ permeate into every single corner of our family, that pushes out any association with this holiday. So I hope this has been helpful. I hope that you receive it in the heart that we tried to present it, not being judgmental, just honestly being a little frustrated and really just wanting wanting you to be challenged to study God's word and to glorify God in your family wherever it is that God lands you on that. So I hope that it was an encouragement, maybe a challenge, but I hope that my goal for this episode is that we as mothers or as mothers and fathers will dig into God's word and say, look, I only want for my family what I find in the Bible. Now, again, where that lands you is where that lands you as a couple. But for for me and my house, for Simeon and I, we want to serve the Lord and God has has put this on our heart as a as a conviction, as a standard that we have for our home. And we want to follow God in his leading. And so this is where we're at. And um, again, I just hope it will challenge and encourage those of you listening. So thanks for joining us. I look forward to joining you ladies on next week's episode. Let me pray with you as I close out. Father, I thank you for word. I thank you for your light that illuminates all darkness. Lord, I pray that you will be with this episode. You know my heart. You know my desire to just see you glorified in our families. I pray that that will be accomplished through this episode. I pray that it will not make anyone feel less than or judged or um, viewed as as wrong, Lord, but that just in all of us, that it will challenge us to dig into your word and to only claim what we find in scripture as, as standards and as convictions for our families. I pray that we will glorify you in all that we do and say, Lord, in each listener that is representing a family on this podcast, Lord, I just pray that in each of our homes that you will help us to take intentional steps to be conformed more into your image, to be transformed more into your image, and that we will be purposeful about not letting our families be conformed to this world. Lord, help us to be gatekeepers and to um, just raise the children that you've given us for your honor and glory. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. 
I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.